Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Well, hello, church, and happy Mother's Day. Can you believe it? Listen, I've counted, and it has been 58 days since our kids came home from school for the last time. 58 days from the last time that those gorgeous yellow buses drove up and down our streets. 58 days from the last time that we got to sign a permission slip or a homework log or pack a lunch for our little angels to actually eat outside of our house. And hey, we probably weigh a few more pounds, got some visible roots going on, haven't opened our jeans drawer in forever, but to all the moms out there, we are figuring this thing out. We've got this. You've got this. Some days you might feel like you're crushing it, and some days you might want to crawl back in bed before 9 a.m. Some of you might have created an, an amazing schedule to fill your days because you thrive on routines, and some of you you might be embracing the ability to just be flexible right now because you love to just be able to go with the flow. However you are leading your family and your kids through this season, I want you to hear this. You are doing it the right way. You're doing it the right way because you are doing it the way that God has called you and your family to do it in this unscripted season that we are all in. So listen up, dads. Listen up, kids, teenagers. I want you guys to look up here at me. Just for a second, kids, look up here. This is what your mom wants for Mother's Day this year. She loves you so much, but she hasn't been alone in like eight weeks. So after church today, grab your mom's hand, walk her to her bedroom. I want you to give her a big hug and a kiss and then have her go into her room and shut her door and lock it behind herself. Now set a timer for two hours and then any emergency, like you can't find your shoes or you need a snack or your brother looked at you funny, you're just gonna have to handle those problems all by yourself for the next two hours, okay? Seriously. Unless there is a continuous flow of blood out of one of you or a compound fracture, which means that you broke a bone and it is sticking out of your skin, then you just have to handle it yourselves. You got it? Good. Hey, and moms, you're welcome. This is a reminder for all of us today, though. On Mother's Day, call your mom. Call your, call your friend who is facing their first Mother's Day after losing their mom. Or call your friend who's desperately praying to become a mom. Call your friend that's an overwhelmed mom. Call your friend who has a strained relationship with their mom. Or call the mom who's lost a child or the single mom that's having to wear so many hats during this season. Reach out to them today. Call a mom, text a mom, encourage a mom. And hey, let us know too how we can be praying for you today. I would love it if you would leave a comment in the chat. Mother's Day always brings out so many different emotions inside of all of us, and we would love for you to share with us 
if there is a specific way that we could pray for you today. Well, I just want to quickly introduce myself for those of you who are new to Elevate Church. And hey, if you are new, we cannot wait to meet you in person one day. But for now, if you're new, like you have never been to a service in, in our actual building before, I want you to drop a flower emoji in the comments because it's Mother's Day after all. And then listen, everybody else, let's like or love their flower just as a way of waving at them, giving them a virtual high five today. Well, my name is Kristen. Pastor Colby and I have been married for 21 years. We've been in full-time ministry for almost 15 of those years, and we have four brave, strong, adventurous sons. And we also have one sweet little girl, puppy dog, who, by the way, she's been doing a bunch of random and weird things lately. And so the other day, I just Googled all of her symptoms, and you guys, guess what she is suffering from? Stress and anxiety. <laughs> I was like, me too, girl, me too. Having all of these boys at home all day long is nuts. The reality is that, that this new life that we're all living can sometimes be overwhelming. Can I get an amen? Can I get a preach it girlfriend? Hey, and not just for, for us moms, it can be overwhelming for all of us. Am I right? To the, to the single person facing too much alone time, to the married couple now spending every single moment together, to people still working, working overtime, not working enough hours, to the people who are laid off, to the, to the students having to deal with mom and dad all day, every day, and to our toddlers and our preschoolers who don't understand any of this and they just wanna know why their school is broken. Can you give me a thumbs up in the chat today if anybody is feeling overwhelming stress in these moments of life, in this new season of life that we're all in? Maybe you feel like you have more to do in each day than the hours in your day to do it. Maybe your expenses right now are exceeding the amount of money that you were bringing in. And maybe you're watching your savings account shrink week after week. Hey, maybe you're a student and you're really struggling with online learning. Or you're a senior this year and you're dealing with that overwhelming feeling that you are missing out on so much. Perhaps your wedding was canceled and you're trying to figure out what to do. Maybe your workload has increased during this pandemic and some days you don't think you can handle the position that God has you in in this season. Today, I wanna to talk about this word, capacity. We all have demands that are placed on our life. We've got emotional demands, we have physical demands, relational demands, we've got time demands and financial demands, and we begin to feel overwhelmed when the demand placed on our life goes beyond our capacity to handle it. Sometimes we face an emotional issue in our life and the emotions of the moment overwhelm the capacity that we have to handle that. Maybe right now because of this virus, you have a financial demand in your life greater than your capacity financially to handle it. Moms, maybe over the course of these two months, you felt the demand of being 
mom and teacher and principal and chef and referee and maid and nurse and employee, maybe you felt the demand placed on you has been greater than your capacity to handle it. And in those moments, what do we begin to feel? Overwhelmed. Go ahead. Wherever you are today, can you just say that out loud with me? Say, I feel overwhelmed. It's kind of like this Jeep. So we have a three-year-old son named Gray, and he's here with me today, and he's going to help us out. Can you come over here, Gray? This is Gray's Power Wheels Jeep, and he loves to ride this around our yard, don't you? You love to ride this around your yard. But sometimes he will come over to me and he'll tell me that his Jeep is broken. And I'll go over and I'll check things out and I'll see that he has put so much stuff in the back of this Jeep. And sometimes he has a, his 10-year-old brother sitting here too. And he will tell me that his gas pedal isn't working. His Jeep isn't moving. And so he'll look at me, right, with these big sad eyes and he'll tell me that his Jeep is broken broken right so what I do is I just unload the back of his Jeep we take out the ball and the cones and we take out this balance bike he always seems to need to take this balance bike with him you know just in case so we take all the stuff out of the Jeep and then all of a sudden miraculously the Jeep isn't broken anymore is it it works can you show us can you drive your Jeep away thanks for your help gray How many of you can identify with a Jeep? Probably every single one of us. So I'm gonna take a poll today. I want you to let me know which of these three responses most commonly describes you. When you feel that the demand is outweighing your capacity, how do you respond? So I want you to stick a number in the comments. Let me know, do you, number one, you get paralyzed. You feel overwhelmed. Whelmed, you feel stressed, and it just kind of paralyzes you. Like you can't move, kind of like the Jeep. You can't go anywhere, you can't do anything, you just freeze. Or maybe you're number two, you pull away. When you get overwhelmed, you just walk away. You just ignore the situation. If I don't have to think about it, maybe it will just go away. And finally, who's number three? You procrastinate. When you feel the weight of the demand being placed on you, maybe it doesn't paralyze you, maybe you don't pull away. Maybe you just say, I'm gonna think about it another day, I'm gonna deal with it another time, just not right now. So which number are you? When that overwhelming feeling hits that you do, in fact, have to make dinner for all the people again tonight, what do you do? Number one, are you paralyzed? You just stand there and, and stare at your fridge or your empty pantry because it's empty because children who are not in school need like snacks 23 times a day, don't they? Or number two, do you pull away? Do you just walk to your room and pray that somebody else will eventually drag out some cereal boxes for dinner? Or maybe you're number three, you procrastinate. This is you, you say, yes, I'm, I'm gonna make dinner. Hold on, just let me finish this. No, 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 wait, I'm gonna do it, I promise. And then it's an hour later and there's still nothing in the oven. Let me know, type it in the comments. One, two, or three. Hey, I'm pretty sure I've been every single one of those numbers during every single week. 
during this quarantine. The reality is we're all going to face stressful, overwhelming times in our life. And I believe that becoming paralyzed, pulling away, or procrastinating, those aren't our only options. That God, through his word, has given us a plan for peace. And that's the title of this message today, a plan for peace. That we can have that plan for peace in the middle of those seasons where the demand on us feels like it outweighs our capacity. Because peace is the lack of feeling overwhelmed. And that's what we all want, isn't it? So let's talk really quickly about capacity. If you're anything like me, whenever I begin to feel overwhelmed, my first thought is that I'm feeling this way because my capacity is limited. Like I don't have enough capacity, that, that I need to do things to increase my capacity. I naturally, I go to my abilities or my knowledge, my skills, my talents, things that I think I can increase. Like I need to be smarter. I need to read more. I need to work harder. And you know what? None of those things are bad. Like you can increase your financial capability by eliminating debt and creating more margin. You can increase your time capability by saying no to things and saying yes to the right things. None of those things are bad, but listen, I think our capacity has less to do with those things than it does with this idea of order. People way smarter than me have taught about how the fact that my capacity has less to do with my capability and more to do with order. Somebody say order today. Order. That's right. And I want to show you that today from a passage in 2 Kings. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to start today in verse 1. Verse 1 says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. Now, Elisha was a, a prophet of God, which meant he spoke on behalf of God to the people. And this wife's husband was in a school for prophets. And, and this is what she said to him. She said, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. So if you're a mom, I want you to think about that for a moment. Somebody's coming to take your children. Like it doesn't matter how nice and sweet you normally are, the moment that somebody threatens your babies, watch out. Am I right? Let's continue. Verse two, Elisha replied to her and said, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. So basically she's saying, I've got literally nothing in my house. I'm down to the absolute last thing that I have, and it's just a little bit of oil. Verse three, Elisha said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. So he's sending her door to door, asking for these jars. Verse four, then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me 
another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. Verse 7, she went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live off of what is left. So talk about someone being in an overwhelming situation. First of all, we learn that her husband had passed away. What an absolutely devastating thing to have happen. And then we learn from the text that her boys are still living with her. So they're probably fairly young. And so the reality is that this woman probably lost her husband in the prime of her life. And now she's alone with two small boys. And then to add to the top of that overwhelming situation, there are creditors that are coming to take her sons as slaves because she cannot pay the debts that her husband left behind. Without a doubt, this woman knew what it was to be overwhelmed emotionally. I would imagine the death of her husband and the chance of losing her boys demanded more of her emotionally than she had the capacity to handle. We also know that she was overwhelmed financially. Her creditors are coming, and they're coming to ask her to pay her debts, but she doesn't have the money to pay them. The financial demand on her is without a doubt greater than her capacity. So can we all agree today that this woman is overwhelmed? And maybe this virus season of life has you seriously identifying with her emotionally overwhelmed, fear of illness, the pain of losing someone to this sickness, disappointment from canceled plans, the stress of having everybody at home, not knowing if you're doing enough to keep your family safe, and then financially overwhelmed, being laid off or working restricted hours, filing for unemployment, the list just goes on and on. But just for a minute, can we look at what this woman in Scripture, what she doesn't do? The demand being placed on her doesn't paralyze her. She doesn't procrastinate. She doesn't pull away. What she does is four things that I believe that that if you can do and that I can do in the moments and in this season of life where we find ourselves feeling so overwhelmed, no matter what the demand is, that's exceeding our capacity, if we will just try to do the four things that she did, I believe we can have the calming peace of Jesus in the middle of the overwhelming moments in our life. So number one, number one is talk to God. The first thing that she did in the scripture tells us is that she went to the prophet of God. Back in that time period, you couldn't speak directly to God, so she spoke to God's messenger. But the good news for us is that when Jesus died on the cross, that the veil that separated the Holy of Holies where only the priests could go from everywhere else, that that veil, that that curtain was ripped from the top to the bottom, which opened up access for us to come personally to God on our own. The Bible says it this way, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that's in Hebrews 4.16, but another translation of that verse says it this way. So let's walk right up to him 
and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. I love that translation. In other words, we don't have to go to somebody. We don't have to wait for the pastor or a staff member of the church to pray for us. We can talk to God in the middle of our overwhelmed moments ourselves. But I think for a lot of us, when we are being overwhelmed, our natural response isn't to pray, but it's to first try to fix it. And then we let anxiety rise up within us as we try to fix our situation. But what if we trained ourselves that at the moment that that feeling of being overwhelmed came upon us, that that feeling was the trigger for us to pray? What if it wasn't our trigger to become paralyzed, that it, it wasn't our trigger to procrastinate or to pull away? What if it wasn't even our trigger to try to fix it, but it was our trigger to talk to God? God, here is the demand on my life right now, and here's where I feel inadequate, and I feel weak, and I feel like I just don't have the capacity. Even before talking to our spouse or to our best friend, or to a godly counselor, what if we talked to the great counselor? What if we went to God first? So number one is talk to God. Number two is this, know your limits. Know your limits. So Elijah asks this single mom, who's at risk of losing your kids, what do you have in your house? And she said, I've got nothing except a little bit of oil. She was very aware of what she did have and what she didn't have. This was a woman who knew her limitations. There's been times in my life where I have been uh, overwhelmed because I haven't taken the time to become self-aware enough about who I am and who God made me to be to understand my own limitations, to know that I can become overwhelmed in my desire to please other people or in my comparison with other people, we need to become self-aware enough to say, listen, because I struggle with insecurity, when I'm at home on the weekend having an amazing time with my family, by the way, I'm, I'm not gonna look on social media and see what other groups of people are doing that are hanging out together, having fun together. That is gonna be a limit for me. Know your limits. Just like the woman in our story, she knew her limits. She's like, I've only got a little bit of oil. Now, not only do we have to talk to God and know our limits, but number three is this, we've got to listen to God. How many of you know there's a difference between hearing and listening? Come on, moms out there, you know this. What do we say to our kids? We say, are you listening to me? I know you can hear me because of the volume of my voice right now but are you listening to me? This woman, she listened to God. And here's what I've learned, that listening to God, it is sometimes gonna take us down a pathway that doesn't make sense to us. Do me a favor, I want you to put yourself in this woman's shoes as she listens to God and goes out to collect jars. So she goes up to the first house, knock, knock, knock and someone opens the door. Oh, hey, how are you? Oh, I am so sorry. I heard about your husband. Can you just imagine 
how many times she had to go through this conversation. I can't believe what happened to him. Oh my goodness, and I heard about your boys too. Like, what are you gonna do? I'm sure this woman was like, um, yeah, have you got any jars? We need jars. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Just, Elisha just told me to go out and get some jars. And then she goes across the street, knock, knock, knock on the next house, and she hears the same thing. Hey, I'm so sorry to hear about your husband, and tell me, what's going on with your boys? And then once again, she says, do you happen to have any jars that we could borrow? Just think about that. She was probably wondering, what in the world am I doing? Why am I collecting jars? How could any of this made sense to her except that God told her through his prophet to do it? So what about you? You know that the financial demand is greater than your capacity. And so maybe God is telling you that you should eliminate some things. Maybe you should cancel some services to create some margin. But do we listen See, sometimes we, we like to hear God, but do we listen to him? Elijah said, go and get some jars. And she just took off, and she got some jars. So talk to God, know your limits, then we're gonna listen to God, and finally, we're gonna follow the order. Follow the order. Because my capacity has less to do with my capability, and it's got more to do with order. So notice what happens next in our text. Elisha said to her, go ask your neighbors for some jars, then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into the jars, and as each one is filled, I want you to put it to one side. She followed that order. And when she was done, then she went back to him and said, okay, what's next? And he said, take the jars, sell them, and go pay all your debts. Step one, step two, step three. What if she had decided, you know, I already have a few jars in my house. I'm just gonna skip what Elisha said because I don't wanna go around to all my nosy neighbors. So I'm just gonna use those jars and, and pour oil into the couple of jars that I have in my own house. When it came time to sell the jars, I doubt she would have had enough money or the capacity to pay the debt that she had. But because she followed the order that Elisha gave her, that is when the miracle happened. I want to illustrate this idea for you today. So I have a bunch of rocks over here, and I've, I've got these small rocks. These represent all the little things that we have to do every day, all the demands in our life. And we've got the big rocks that represent all the important stuff in our life. And so if I take all of these small rocks and I put these rocks in my empty jar, I put them in first. And then I place all the large rocks in second. Watch this. I don't have the capacity in my jar to handle all of these rocks. And so this is gonna represent our life. We've got so many, so many little demands, hundreds and hundreds of little demands in our lives. We have to go here and we have to be there and we have to do this. We have to answer that email. We've got to respond back to that text. We gotta to listen to that voicemail. 
We have to get that bill paid. We've got to check that homework. We've got to do the laundry. We've got to get that report out. We've got to make the grocery list. We've got to put away the winter clothes, get out the summer clothes. We've got to mow the lawn. We've got to change the oil. We have to finish that book. We have to write the letter. We have to organize the pictures. We have to remember 1,700 Zoom calls each week for our elementary students. And all of these little demands can make us feel overwhelmed. It can make us feel like we don't have the room. We don't have the capacity for the big rocks. And these big rocks, these are going to represent things that really matter in our life. Our time with God, reading our Bible, spending time praying to Him. They're going to represent our spouse, our children, our ability to be generous, our time serving God's kingdom. And what happens is we don't feel like we have the capacity for it all. And so we will hear ourselves saying things like, we are so overwhelmed. And you've probably heard your pre-corona self say things like, man, I've got to take the kids to school and from school. And I got to go to work. And then we have to go to ballet and then soccer practice and gymnastics. And I just feel like I'm a taxi driver. And I just don't have time to spend time with God every day. I don't have the capacity in my life to do it. I don't have time to fit in a date night. I can't get involved in a group or serve God or serve his house. I've just got too much going on. I don't have the capacity for it all. But watch this. What if we took the same amount of demands in our life, but we just changed the order? Because remember, our capacity is not determined by our capability, but by the order. So what if we said, God, before everything else, you are top priority. I'm going to spend time with you every day. I'm going to spend time in your word. I'm going to spend time praying. And then next, if we have a spouse, our spouse is next. Time together is so important. Listen, these days we tell, Pastor Colby and I, we tell our kids that we're going to be right back. We hop in the car. We drive to Chick-fil-A. We eat in silence in the Chick-fil-A parking lot. And then we throw all the trash away before we go home and we walk back in our house like we just went to the bank or something. Come on. We have to get our dates in sometime during this quarantine. Hey, quality time with our spouse, quality time with our kids is another big rock, growing together in a group, serving God in his house. What if we just decided that we are gonna put the big rocks of our life, we're gonna put these rocks in first, and then all the other little demands in our life. And what you'll find is that you've got more than enough capacity for the big things and the little things if you live life in the right order. Check this out. Could it be that today in this season where you feel overwhelmed, that that overwhelmed feeling has very little to do with the space in your life? Could it just be that life has gotten out of order? Moms, could it be that it's not all about our capacity? It's not even about the demands, but it's about the order that you place the demands that determines your capacity. So in those moments, when you feel overwhelmed, talk to God. 
Talk to Him before anything else, before you become paralyzed, before you procrastinate, before you pull away. Let that rising anxiety trigger only one thing, and that is prayer. And then step back and know your limits. And don't just hear God, but listen to Him, and then follow the order. Can I take a minute just to encourage the women who are tuning in right now? Ladies, there are so many times in my life when I've been jealous of my husband. And it's not just his supreme athletic ability or his rugged good looks. I am jealous of him spiritually too, of the time that he has to listen to God. He has more time, more time alone, more time away from the house with me. He's just got more time to have intimate moments with God. He just does. And, and I feel like I've, I'm never quite free from my responsibilities long enough to have a holy moment, to have time to reflect, time to really be able to listen to God free from distractions. And I've wrestled with that. And then recently I read this, that in scripture, you will see men climb up mountains to meet with God, but God comes to the women. He comes to women while we are doing our ordinary work. He meets us at the well when we are drawing water. He meets us in our homes, in our kitchens, as we sit by sick beds, even the women at the empty tomb who were there to witness Christ's resurrection. Those women were only there because they were doing the womanly chore of preparing Christ's body for burial. So if like me, you ever start to complain about the fact that you don't have as much time to spend in the mountains with God as you would like, that it's, it's hard to have time to be able to sit long enough to listen to God. Remember, God comes to women. He knows where we are and the burdens that we carry. He sees us in the middle of our daily routines. And if we open our eyes and if we open up our hearts, we will see him even in the most ordinary places and in the most ordinary things. So what is it that God is, is trying to say to you today? What are you gonna do about it? Because growth requires change and change requires movement. It requires you to do something different. So what's gonna change when you wake up tomorrow morning because of what God has said to you today? How are you going to adjust the order of the rocks in your life? Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me today. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory for everything that is good in our lives. And we know the reality is that your word says that in this world, we will have trouble. We're gonna have moments, God, when we feel overwhelmed, we're gonna have moments when we feel stressed out. But in the middle of those moments, we can experience your peace and God, that is what we all want. And so right now, I pray for every person listening. I pray that, that you would convict them of the areas of their life that are causing them to be overwhelmed because they have gotten things out of order. I pray that they have the strength 
to make some changes in their life today. And for the person that's watching who has never made that foundational choice to put their trust in you, and today they're saying, God, I wanna make sure that I have that rock in place. There's no better time than right now to surrender your life to Jesus. And so as I pray this prayer, I invite you just to echo these words after me. Say, Jesus, today I acknowledge you as Savior. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again three days later. I, I ask today that you forgive me and that you make me brand new. Thank you for giving me new life today, Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There'll be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.